Box Officer Podcast with Mel McKay and Derek Zemrak. Happy Friday, Derek Zemrak. How the heck are you? I'm doing great, thank you. And uh, boy, this weather is like nice, nice, nice. I know, isn't it? <laughs> I like it hot. I like it hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, do you have any hot movies to review for us this week? Well, movies, we're doing book reviews, aren't we? Mrs. Harris, Taylor <laughs> Ferris, and Where the Crawdads Sing? <laughs> oh, those are both books, aren't they? They are both books, yes. The first one we're going to talk about is Mrs. Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. And uh, I'm telling you right now, up front, people, you know, some people probably turn the channel as I'm on the air. Oh, shut, uh, up. <laughs> yeah. shut up. That is not true. <laughs> Nobody will find a more sweet, innocent, fun film than Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris this year. So, it's adapted by the classic novel from 1958 by Paul Galigo. And he actually also wrote a big blockbusting movie called uh, The Presiding Adventure. No so way! That's where he comes from. Yeah. Oh. So, very different movies from a tragic, you know. <laughs> Titanic style movie, sweet wholesome film. They call that range. Yeah. <laughs> so Mrs. Harris is played by beautifully played. I mean, wonderful by Leslie Manville, and mm. she's incredible. And she's an older woman. She's kind of, she's very down out in her luck. Her husband died in World War II. She's struggling to make ends meet. She's a window cleaner at all these you know rich people's flats in London, and she has one dream, and that dream is one day she wants to own a, a Dior dress okay mm. uh now back in the 1950s Dior dresses i mean they're still expensive but right exactly <laughs> she had to you know save up 500 pounds to be able to even be considered now that's just a slip in there mm-hmm. considered to get a dress uh, back then she's talking to uh, somebody about this about her dream and what she wants and this person says to her why do you want such a dress she said those are for the rich and the beautiful and you're invisible oh oh that's that just mean puts a little, yeah that's just puts a little fire under mrs harris <laughs> and she says you know what i'm gonna make this happen and she gets, saves up the money she ends in uh, going to paris and this beautiful cinematography <sighs> and all this stuff in Paris and she meets all these interesting people and she learns all kinds of life lessons. We don't want to give away any of the plot because right. it is good but this movie worked for me because it had three key elements in the film. Mm-hmm. One, you cared about the main character. Oh yeah. Okay, Mrs. Harris, you were rooting for her, especially when that lady made that comment, you say, oh, you go girl, you make it work. Yeah! Okay, so- and that and everyone in the theater was cheering her on and wanted her to be able to get these things. Now, obviously, there's a lot of obstacles. It's kind of, you know, but it's there. That has that element. And the other thing, it has a touch of humor in the film. It's not over the top. It's funny. You're going to laugh. But it's not pushed like so happens often. The book was written in 58. It mm-hmm. takes place, obviously, in that time. But the thing is, it has that feel of the old Hollywood films of people who just want to accomplish a goal and go for it. And that's what I love. And that's weirdly where the story is. The story is somewhat predictable, but it works. It works because of the setting, because of Miss Harris, because you love her character. And that's why this movie succeeds. And I'm telling you, um, Lindsay does an excellent job. I hope she gets some attention out of this film because it's a wonderful story. And I give Mrs. Harris three and a half slates out of five. So go enjoy and cheer on Mrs. Harris. Oh my God, I love it. I cannot wait to see it. That sounds like the perfect me movie. Like, I'm just going to love it. Uh, Now, the next movie you're reviewing for us on the podcast is based on another book, as we said in the beginning, Where the Crawdads Sing 
and the author. I have some juicy gossip about the author. So first, tell us about the movie, then I'll spill the tea. Okay, so this movie was based on a a 2018 best-selling novel. And uh, unlike Mrs. Harris, this is an example of a book that should have never been made into a theatrical movie. Okay, A miniseries? Oh, yeah, I could see a miniseries because I've read the book and I thought it was a great book. Okay, but not a motion picture. This is a book that's 368 pages. I looked it up. I didn't read them out. Right? <laughs> but and it's trying to, you know, cram it all into two hours, okay? And uh, Reese Witherspoon actually produced the movie. And uh, you can tell from watching the movie, there's a lot left out. Yeah. And a lot that you're going, wait a minute, where, where is this? Where's the elements that tie these things together? And it's like, it kind of assumes that everyone read the book and they're going to understand what's happening. Oh, that's the, the story huge is, mistake. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is like with this movie, it's just about a girl who grew up in the, the marshlands, swamps of the deep south, mm-hmm. and she has a horrible childhood. Oh, I mean, God. she's flashed in there quickly. She has all these brothers and sisters. They go. The mother goes. She's left with this father. And then the father gets this letter that we don't even know what the letter's about. No! We have no idea. He reads it, and he gets extremely mad. And then all of a sudden, she's left alone. She's seven years old. She's got to raise herself. Totally and abandoned. Oh. Yeah. And, and the thing is, everybody in, in the city that knows her, knows her as a swamp girl and she's like a creature or right. something. And uh, Daisy Edgar Jones plays her great. I mean, I, she does a great job. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that. But the thing is, is like, I mean, in my imagination, and you know, to talk about adapting from a book to a story, you know, I think she's too beautiful for the role. <laughs> I mean, it's just a girl who grew up with, and she's got makeup and she's got the hair and she's like, and then all of a sudden, She's, you can fill in a lot of the gaps, and we don't want to give away this. Yeah, exactly. She's up for, you know, murder, and then this lawyer comes in, and I don't know what the book says, but the lawyer just shows up and says, I want to help you. (laughs) Why? Who are you? Oh, yeah, there's a lot of integral stuff that does happen in the book. And I will tell you, Delia Owens does keep you guessing in the book. So it looks like you should read the book and skip the movie. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like, you know, she might have had it in the book, but it's left out of the movie. And you're sitting there going, if you have never read it, which I didn't, as I said before, but it's yeah. like going, I have no idea what's going on. Why does the lawyer want her? Why does he want to help her? Why? What's going on? You know, I mean, she, she probably kept it, you know, in the book. She could keep it well, out there. But the here they go, okay, the lawyer shows up. Okay. Well, he here. Tells why, but he's there. Yeah, basically, I read it a long time ago. And she does start off as like this creature who stops going to school because she's not clean and the kids make fun of her and there's like only a certain amount of money to buy food for the family but she gets nominated to go into town and embarrass herself so it's kind of like she glows up and makes herself pretty and starts taking care of herself and then the romance entanglement happens and I forget how the lawyer gets brought in I think it's from the lawyer is brought in from the couple that she sells muscles to and I don't even know if that's in the movie but Okay, let's get let's forget about the movie for a second. Lawyer just shows up. Lawyer just shows up. Okay, lawyer shows up like like lawyers do in regular life, and suddenly saves her. Yeah, I give it two and a half slates. The only thing that I really liked was Daisy's performance, and I I love the cinematography. I mean, what you can shoot in the in the the swamps. Oh, it's so pretty. You know, yeah, it it works. I give it two and a half slates out of five. But tell me the goose. Okay, so the author Delia Owens is actually wanted for questioning in a murder in Zambia from nine. 1996. So the author of this murder mystery (laughs) is wanted for murder. Okay.
Okay, she's wanted for questioning in the murder. So there was an ABC documentary that was done about this execution-style murder of a man in 1996, and authorities believe, after an article that was written in The Atlantic, that her husband, Mark, is the person who killed the dude. So they think her husband murdered this man, and now Delia is wanted for questioning. What do you do? Do you hide out with your husband? And now I want to know, did he do it? Did she know about it? Was it partly the inspiration for where the crawdads sing? Her story seems like a better movie than what they did to her book. Well, it's probably going to be another miniseries. (laughs) (laughs) If they're smart, they'll do a miniseries about it. And I I guess she's alumni of UC Davis. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that she was Bay Area. Oh, my God. So now it it won't be as popular as the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, but I will definitely be following what happens to Delia Owens and whether her husband Mark actually was the murderer in that 1996 execution-style death. So fascinating to me. So fascinating. Well, that is cool, yeah. So today, you know, we talked about the two movies that adapted from a book. Mm -hmm. One is you got a simple story that works on the screen (laughs) and one that was extremely complicated, I'm sure. Yes. And, you know, 68 pages that doesn't work on the page. And I, like I said, I would have liked to have seen it as a miniseries because I think it could you could have kept it going. I completely I mean, agree with you there. They could have really gone yeah. into all of what she goes through from age of abandonment to the trial. Yeah, not just thrown into two hours and try to, okay, these people know what it's going to be about. And people at the theaters, have, you know, you know, when we talked about this movie coming, it was like, okay, this is going to be something they really want to see it. But it's like, you know, I don't know. I oh, think my disappointed. Oh, Derek, my sister and I are totally bummed because we were super psyched that it was being made into a movie. So we will temper our expectations thanks to you. Well, yeah, I don't know about, you know, you may come back and say, you know what, Derek, you're not, you know, but uh, <laughs> I may do that. <laughs> and it may, be, it may be because, you know, I didn't read the book and it's like. And I, but, but you I, can't I do that. You can't expect the audience to have read the book. Right. And I, and I think there's so much missing from it that could have worked in the movie. But Yeah, definitely. So. Well, I am off next week well, because it. my dog comes home this afternoon. So nice. I am on what I'm calling paternity leave. Nice. <laughs> For next week. So uh, we'll skip okay. next Friday, but we'll be back the Friday after. Thanks, Darren. It sounds fun. Thank you. Bye-bye. Stream the box officer now at KKIQ.com and Apple and Google Podcasts.